Hey there, welcome to another episode of Rocket MSP Podcast, the, the show that asks the tough questions of the vendors. Uh, today I'm joined by Harry Brelsford from SMB Nation. Harry, welcome, sir. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, man. So, hey, I know we've only got about 20, 25 minutes of your time, so I want to just dive right in. I've got tons of questions. Um, first question, uh, what is the best strain of weed? <laughs> you know, that's that's actually a good question. I, uh, I'm not really conversant on the uh the lifestyle side um <laughs> the uh i ironically you know my my job well what i hope will become my job is i want to be a technology analyst in the cannabis technology space uh you know by analogy a wall street analyst although i, I don't track stocks but you get the idea mm-hmm. um and uh my my, my girlfriend doesn't know what I do. So I turn on CNBC and I show her, but the point is this, Steve, to answer your question. Um, I it's, it's a big industry mm-hmm. and really I'm is. really not conversant on the lifestyle side, the flower side and so on. I can tell you, and I'm pretty open about this. The preference I have coming from Seattle is what I call more medicinal use or a sleeping aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my peanut butter cup, my, yeah. my peanut, yeah, my peanut butter cup at night. A lot of people take gummies and I'll, I'll answer it the best I can. It would be indica. Okay, so the indica, it's it's not one of the strains like Maui Wowie or you know purple mm-hmm. diesel. It's not that. But um, there's sativa and there's uh, indica. And indica is a sleeping aid. It it makes you. It, it's called sofa lock. And uh, you know I haven't slept this well, well up up until several years ago when I started. Um, Steve, it was it was decades. You know, that waking up at 2 a.m., right? Typical entrepreneur, that little anxiety at 2 a.m. Um, I sleep like a baby. So to answer your question, uh, the strain I like is uh, Indica. All right. So let's let's talk about some real stuff now. Um, so we just had uh, Minnesota and there was a New England state that just uh, past legislation as well. Do you remember which one? I think it was Delaware. I, I track that sounds as, right. Yeah, I track as best I can. You may know me, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Delaware. So I've actually, I'm going to pop this map up kind of over top of me. So uh, this here is a map of the United States and all of the blue states are recreational. Green states are medicinal if it has a red D in the middle of the state, that means it's been decriminalized. And all the gray states are states where uh, I believe it's all just illegal or, or whatever the, the right term would be. So with that said, um, 23, I believe, states are are uh, legal in some form or fashion. Correct. So. So with that, that means I feel like there's a huge opportunity here for MSPs, or or am I wrong? Have has the already uh, has the opportunity already passed? Oh no, no, it it hasn't passed, um, and there is a long term opportunity. Um, here here's our challenge, um, and and I'm kind of glad you framed it up that way. That uh, this is a long term play, like like many niches that MSPs got into. Remember HIPAA in uh, electronic medical records and and it takes time it it, mm-hmm. it, it takes time and this is going to take time 
where we're at today is, you know, you, you do have some uh, public policy issues, of course, but worse, more importantly, um, we are in a severe down round. We way overcapitalized in uh, 2019, like 1999 with the dot-com community, right? The uh, smart money chasing stupid ideas. And we all know what happened in 2000, right? Mm-hmm. The market crashed. And that's essentially what happened here is we got way overcapitalized. Um, so, you know, people hired way too many people and others layoffs at the big players in Canatech. Um, and it, it resembles other, you know, other industries, of course, but the, uh, the challenges, and I just had this talk this morning, in fact, someone in Minnesota at a not-for-profit, um, I said, Long story short, uh, a pound of wheat in California used to sell for $1,600. Today, it's at $400 because of overproduction and overcapitalization. So entities in California are, are broke. They're not making money. The growers can't make money. I mean, it's it's like being a farmer. You can't make money. And it just goes all the way down the supply chain. And then some of that supply chain goes out the back door you know, uh, this industry comes from the black market. So there's, they've been known to slip the excess out the back door. And it all has the effect of a multi-year correction. Now that said, Steve, to be optimistic and return to the beginning of the conversation um, in this segment, uh, it's a great opportunity, but I'm viewing it as a decade opportunity. And it could be a couple of years before we normalize this early growth stage market, right? We have to come back to normalization like .com did, right? It, it, it came back with mm-hmm. LinkedIn and Netflix. Um, same here. You just have to be really patient. Now, the good news is, you know, if, you know, if, if you had the wisdom to buy early in some of those post.com stocks, um, well, I wouldn't be working. I mean, I wouldn't be on this podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. Very true. <coughs> Very true. So that's my thinking. So with uh, Minnesota passed legislation, um, so I believe August is when uh, things, I guess, go into effect for them. So h- how quickly should MSPs be working to get in front of cannabis companies? Or are the companies already like, ready to go they just haven't flipped the switch because they were waiting on the legislation yeah no that's a really good question what i've found in this industry and i you know i go back about six years um are mm-hmm. arguably about four in my analyst role um and what i found is it's a slow roll which is good um mm-hmm. And so let's take Minnesota, and I'm going to just speculate. But if if you're coming online in about a month and in August, a you're not too late. B, you know you should probably be circulating with the different trade shows and trade groups. It's like any industry; we we have all that. Just Google it, um, and and you know start to circulate like we all did when we built our practices and uh, tech, um, but. It's going to take a couple of years. My experience has been um, like California still hasn't straightened it out, right? They're, I think, six, seven, eight years in, and they don't have enough dispensary licenses. 
Um, like New York City, they have a lot of illegal shops. Uh, it's a drive down the street in L.A., right down by the airport. Um, a lot of those are illegal shops, and you you probably read about New York City has a lot of those. I never would have imagined that, really. Yeah, yeah. It's... That, that blows my mind because, like, I mean, I, I guess you could just rent a, a storefront space put up a sign and start selling stuff and wait until somebody comes in to try to uh, regulate or, or do some type of inspection or whatever. Right. Is that, yeah. that's basically what they're doing. Yeah. And they don't have enough resources and, and, uh, and, and then these shops will just move down the street. Okay. So um, that does happen, but they're, they're in business in about two weeks down the street in another storefront. See, so. and, and in my ignorance, I I would be too terrified to do something like that because well, I, I am too. <laughs> I I assume that like if they catch you operating an illegal business, you you get a jail. Uh, theoretically, yeah. Okay. The, yeah, theoretically, but these are bad actors. Now, mm. again, not everybody, but the 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 point I was making is you're not too late, and okay. um. I don't know exactly the rollout plans for Minnesota, but assume it's going to take a year. Every other state I've seen, it takes one to two years. So after your August date, uh, the time clock starts ticking, right? They got to build out the facility, get the permits, do the this, do the that. So it's a great time to get in on the ground floor. But yeah, you haven't missed the boat. Good. Very good. So what are some misconceptions or challenges that MSPs might encounter uh, when working with clients in Canatech? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. I, I guess I would say um, that you need to have domain expertise uh, that, that always kind of stand. I mean, I'll, I'll get to these cannabis entities are nothing more than an SMB. Okay. That's all they are. That said, uh, it's in a specific niche and you need domain expertise. And, you know, I'm thinking of a MSP in New York City. He still runs the good old fashioned SBS user group. Uh, they, they, oh, they yeah, they meet up online once a month. Michael Klein. Well, last time I really had a good chat with him, he only does law firms. And so he's got a vertical and the reason that's cool is he knows time slips. He knows the application layer. And, and my career was that way. Behind me, you're seeing, you know, my claim to fame is Windows Server, um, the box shot right there. Well, that's what I was. And I wasn't in a vertical like Department of Defense. I was in a product vertical. Um, but there's nothing like expertise. And, and I think that's going to be critical for an MSP to understand they, they got to get their head into this vertical. Um, number two, you got to kind of fit in. So, you know, you'll notice I, I'm today, I dressed up and put on a collared shirt for you, but um, do not wear a suit jacket and God forbid a tie in this vertical going out to the dispensaries, the manufacturers and the grows, right? They're you're gonna, suspicious. You're going to look like a fed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They all come from the black market. That took me a while to get used to, by the way, I was shocked. I write for a couple of magazines. I went to the publisher. 
And I'm like, oh my God, I Googled their name and they have convictions. And he laughed. <laughs> he said they all do. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, so culture, um, expertise. And then, then it's a matter of just, you know, everybody just step back and take a deep breath. It's just an SMB. Okay, that's if, if you were taking care of agriculture or wineries or, or liquor store, that's all it is. Do liquor stores have regulations? Absolutely. That's all it is. <laughs> so, all right. So these are, these are just SMBs. That's easy enough. So is there, is there something specific that we should be uh, putting into our marketing when we are going for these uh, Canatech companies? Yeah, yeah. Where I've landed, um, and I have a, a large client in the space that I, I can't name them because they don't let their logo, you know, public sure. for being in the space, but trust me. Um, and uh, what we discovered in working with this client and helping them go to market is lead with security. Now, that's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. However, Steve, there's two forms of security. There's physical security. I mean, literally, and maybe you've seen in the news, maybe not. But, you know, in Seattle and in, in, in California, smashing grabs, cars backing into a dispensary at 2 a.m., grabbing the flower, trying to grab cash, and then taking off. Um, and, and so there's physical security, and there's ways to, you know, do security hardening, and, and then, of course, there's video surveillance. Maybe we kind of put that back on this, the physical side. And, and, then all, and, and then all the way up through cyber, right? But every SMB has concerns with cyber. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's what I would lead with. And I would really emphasize in this line of work, there's two forms of security, physical and, and, and you know, IT, cyber. And I think some MSPs may not think that way with clients. Like, wow, you know, I have to kind of, I have to kind of orchestrate or be involved in conversations about armed security guards. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And I know, uh, you know, here in Ohio, for example, where it's medical only, um, you can't even bring uh, a friend or a spouse in with you. Like if, if you're like, I don't know, can I, can I bring my spouse in to help me make a decision? They're like, no, no, you can't. You are the only one allowed back here. Like they want to see your ID. They want to see both your driver's license and your uh, medicinal card. And then they'll like buzz you into one door. Then they buzz you into another door, but not until that first door completely closes and then um, they'll have an ATM because it's an all-cash business. Correct. Uh, it's it's insane to me the the level of physical security that they had in place. I I have I I worked at a data center, and full disclosure, I I had my medicinal uh, card. I had my green card, as some call it. Um, I. I had a, a data center where we we worked with hospitals, right? We were we were doing colo for for major hospital networks, and the amount of security at that data center was insane. But it still didn't seem as as insane as the the security that they had at the weed shop. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, nope, and, you're, you're and I'm sure some of that's I'm sure some of that is because because it's a cash business, they're going to end up having a lot of cash on hand every day. And even if they only have the day's cash on hand, I mean, you got to think one customer on average is probably minimum 50 to $100. And they've got hundreds of customers every day. Yeah. And that's, but that's also an interesting conversation. And I'm not going to recall the exact numbers, but roughly, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, people who are analysts in a different realm, like B2C, business to consumer, uh, 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 consumer packaged goods, CPG. I don't live in that world, but I talked to someone that I really trust on a recent trip to Denver as CEO of a point of sale software company. And he shared something like, you know, here again in California, and he gets the data, right? Point of sale gets the data mm-hmm. and the market basket post pandemic and, uh, for this, that, and the other reasons, but the market basket's gone. Let's just say you're, you're right. You know, you could typically expect a market basket of a hundred dollars. Um, and now it's like 30 or 40, right. And, and this all impacts the economics and the supply chain, right. What, 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 what goes downhill, right. (laughs) So no, good, good point. So how do cannabis businesses typically approach disaster recovery and business continuity planning? Is there anything special they need to do uh, above and beyond the typical SMB? Yeah, they, they, they do. And I probably should have mentioned it earlier, but you know, there's, there's three or four or five or six unique elements to the cannabis industry. We talked about physical and uh, traditional, you know, cybersecurity. But the big one, and this is what keeps uh, owners up at night, would be uh, compliance and traceability, right? And and so they, it's like the pharmaceutical industry, man. They they have to track every bottle of pills, right? You yeah. go to your pharmacy, they're tracking it. Trust me. Um, and and they have to do that. And then if there's uh, a discrepancy, they have to report it. To, to the state cannabis control board immediately. They might get their hands slapped, but, you know, not reporting it would be the bigger sin. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, compliance and traceability. And in my eyes, that's all technology-based, right? That's the point of sale hooking an API and pumping that data up to the, uh, for example, the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Control Board. Um, that's all tech, and it doesn't happen on its own, right? You know, a, APIs take a software development kit and then they change, you, you know, the the state of Washington can change their requirements. So you got to redo it. Um, and as they should, they're, they're always changing the regulations based on experience. So a very simple example would be childproof packaging. Um, you know, and, and you probably saw the popular media that, you know, we we've had our challenges with uh, mom and dad having liquor guns and weed at home and uh, young kids find it. Right. And, and uh, that's not good. That's, that's not good. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. So uh, what role do you think cloud computing is playing in, in Canatech? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I had an interesting conversation uh, with the dispensary. I got a recent trip to Colorado, as in a small town. 
ski a ski town and i went and talked to him and i kind of played dumb you know because when you walk in you 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 gotta you just can't blow these people away right in a dispensary um and they all come from the lifestyle so i kind of got to know the guy and kind of played dumb and um the uh the cloud computing thing computing thing is a, is a real issue there's different uh erp uh what we call seed to sale systems different point of sale systems and and so on um but with the cloud computing he said you know we lose uh connectivity up here in crested butte colorado right we're in a we're in a small ski town man 1800 people and i wouldn't worse, even think about that yeah and then worse it happened on their new year's eve uh the biggest day of the year in our industry is april 20th it's called 420 and Never heard uh, of it. yeah that's true you stop it <laughs> uh, and uh but the 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 you know the thing is the systems for the last couple of years have gotten overwhelmed right uh mj uh freeway is the solution in the space and they're cloud-based and they got overwhelmed so Bottom line, Steve, to answer your question, he was handwriting receipts, oh. right? And then, and then you got to fill out an Excel spreadsheet to track the barcode and this, that, and the other. And so he, I'd be livid. Yeah, he was he was interested, and I'm connecting him with one of my clients. He was interested with an on-premises version of point of sale software. He's like, I'm done with that. Now, obviously, it has to at some point sync you know, with mm -hmm. the, the state of Colorado and the accounting software and all that. But he really wanted to go back to on-prem. And, you know, Steve, it's like anything in our space. The answer is in the middle. It's going to be hybrid. The answer is going to be in the middle, right? Some kind of on-prem solution with failover um, in case of uh, the internet goes down. But these are real-world stories. Wow. Um let me look at our time. All right, so we're at 2.57. Uh, I've got two more things I want us to do. The first one sure. is, uh, do you have any final advice or anything that you want to give to MSPs that are interested in dipping their toes in the industry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hop on over to my site. I'm, I'm not really here to sell you anything, but I, I do have a site uh, called thecanatechgroup.com. All one word, thecanatechgroup.com. So I have a lot of my research uh, in the magazines that I write for um, and, you know, logo charts and ecosystem and surveys and all that. So you can start to get your head into it. Uh, start start with my site. In fact, some of my research is other sites, right, that you can go to for podcasts and, and events. We have them, trust me. Um, and then the other thing I wrote about in a a, a book I did, um, and it, folks, it's on my site if you want to see it, but it's basically how to be a Canatech MSP. And what I found, and I saw this in Seattle, is start a meetup group, right, called, you know, Cannabis Technology or this, that, or the other. Be the MSP, have the monthly meetup, you know, bring coffee and whatnot. And... Um, the one in Seattle grew to the Canatech group in Seattle grew to 1600 members. And on any given month, yeah, it might've been 200, but that's the, that's the watering pond, right? That's, that's my free advice is start a meetup group. It's 25 bucks a month on the meetup.com. 
and become the man or become the woman in this field in your local community. Because Meetup is just a really powerful search engine, right? People are always looking for meetups. That, that is a fantastic idea. Thank you for that, Harry. Um, so I, I have one more thing I want to do. Can I can I bust your balls for a minute? Okay. <laughs> you, you got real nervous, I could tell. It won't be too mean, I promise. All right, so I, I was looking for a headshot for you, and I, I found this one, uh, put it up on the screen over me, and I just couldn't help but notice. Are you familiar with Saturday Night Live? You might have heard of it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so you, you might have, uh, have have gotten this uh, comparison in the past, too. So Will Ferrell has this character, Harry Carey. Huh. And, and here's Harry Carey. And for some reason, I just, every time I see your headshot, I just think, That's oh, good. gosh. <laughs> That's and, uh, uh, yeah, that's good. I used to get razzed years ago on PBS. There was a British comedian called Benny Hill. Yeah, um, and I used to get razzed that I I look like Benny Hill. <laughs> oh, that's too good. I just, <coughs> I just remember, you know, what's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, e so. exactly. Hey, you know what? I uh, by the way. Steve, if you can go over, I can go over. I'm just, um, uh, my next call, uh, the gentleman has to reschedule for next week. Oh. So this is breaking news. Yeah, if yeah, you'd like I to continue, I, I have more time. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely, man. All right. So uh, you mentioned that there is specific, you said seed to sale type software for Canna. Um, so so let me ask you, if, if an MSP wanted to, I don't know, start becoming an expert in Canatech. Is there, is there a few packages? Like for example, if, if I wanted to become an expert in uh, supporting law firms, I might want to get really good at LexisNexis um, or, or something like that. Right. So is, is there some software that you recommend MSPs look into? Yeah, there is. Hold on. Am I able to share my uh, screen Absolutely. with your format? Okay. Yeah. So down on the bottom, if you hit present and then share screen, that'll okay. that'll bring it up and give me the option to put it live for you. Yeah. Hang on. Let me bring bring up some of my research, um, folks. While I'm doing that, make yourself familiar with uh, two publications: Marijuana Venture, out of Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, just Google it, uh, free subscription, tell them Harry sent you. And the other would be Global Cannabis Times um, out of uh, California. And uh, again, free subscriptions. These are B2B journals, so they're typically free. But, you know, you get, get the magazines, bookmark the site, start hanging out on them. Um, that's how the game's played. And... Uh, that's how you get into a new thing. Hang on, I'm just about to get there. There we go. What I'm going to show you is some research we're updating. It's darn near coming up on two years old, so I'm a little bit embarrassed about that. But um, okay, how do I uh, how do I share again, ma'am? Uh, down on the bottom, you'll see the button present. Okay, hold on. Let me get this out of my way. 
Da, da. Come on. It's a Friday. Oh, good, man. So uh, you mentioned two magazines to look at. I have a third one. Probably not as helpful for B2B. Uh, it's called High Times. Yeah, that's more lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I'll be honest. Um, I never really, I never read that. I didn't realize that that was a real magazine uh, until I was uh, much too old to feel comfortable admitting. Um, be, be, and the reason for that is, I, I, I don't know. I think I lived under a rock maybe. Uh, or, or maybe I'm just too much of a goody two shoes where I, I was terrified to like experiment with any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Fair enough. Um, can you see my brochure? I can. Okay. These are a couple of the people on my team. We've actually grown to a board of directors of, uh, six, uh, board of directors, a name you may know, uh, Jay McBain, an analyst from used to be mm -hmm. at Forrester. Um, he's on my board and uh, smart guy, really helping. Um, Paul Seaborn, who you see there, is a professor. He was at the University of Denver when it went legal. So, you know, we hold ourselves out to be the real deal for clients. Mm -hmm. um, and typically, investors are private equity or these uh, OEMs and ISVs. But uh, here, here's an older chart. Again, this has actually come up on two years old. It's 160 logos. It's going to be over 200 logos. Uh, this next time, a couple logos have gone away and there's a couple new ones like any, you know, early stage growth market. But sure. I think you were asking about the, um, you know, what, what to focus on. And here's, there's a couple challenges. Um, one was I'm circling something in the top center called a Kerna. And okay. Akerna basically used the Kaseya or ConnectWise strategy. They raised a whole bunch of money um, or had a whole bunch of money. And then they went out and started acquiring, you know, mm. uh, point-specific solutions. But they really weren't able to integrate all of their acquisitions very well. Their quality went down. Um, the stock, you know, probably in 2019 might have been like 155 and then it became a pity stock and then finally they sold themselves to a crypto company so a kern is gone and again think of it as kaseya or connectwise so folks the the word of caution there is you know be careful what horse uh, you bet on right nobody got fired for buying ibm as we always like to joke mm -hmm. um, so this industry is the wild west but that's uh part of the challenge and a couple names that i like that stand out um that i think are doing a good job is like right over here bright map on the left uh that's an msp i think he's out of delaware who's also a developer got in early so they built a erp or seed to sales solution and um i found them to be to be credible um, you know, a little more research here, folks, but this is, and this is on my site, but, but these are the players. Now I'm going over to point of sale over on the right, top right. Mm -hmm. And I'm really impressed with uh, the team over at Cova, um, point of sale out of Denver, Colorado, um, category killer, most installs, great reputation. And then there's one out of Las Vegas, uh, that's a traditional point of sale vendor, 
um, like amusement parks and, and that kind of thing. And uh, that's Corona. I'm circling Corona with the letter yep. K. And um, so those, those are some places to start your research. But you know what I would do too is right over here on the far right, I'm circling a distributor, uh, pack and pick distributor called Blue Star. So Blue Star is going to behave... I mean, they're much smaller than TD Cynics or Ingram. So they're, they're going to behave a little bit more like D&H distributing, a little bit smaller, um, but focused on point of sale. And they have a really strong niche in cannabis. So, you know, nothing like talking to your Disty, right? Like what's hot and what's not. And, but other than that, you know, I don't want to tell your audience you're on your own, but you kind of are. And, you, you just, you know, you need to go to events, you need to read, you need to kind of figure out who's who in the zoo and then ask for references and, and so on. Because, yeah, you don't you don't want to, you know, go with the Kerna and then they're completely gone from the market. That's not a lot of fun. That's called small business server being hmm. retired. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now. The, the neat thing to me is, you know, under infrastructure, I see a lot of brands I recognize. Correct. But I don't know that I see anything I recognize anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's its own vertical. Um, and that which, people which is surprising fun. to me because, you know, you, you think like uh, financial services. Uh, you know, when I think financial services, I think of um, Sage... QuickBooks, um, Microsoft has that one that I can't put my finger on right now, but you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of financial services platforms that span across multiple industries, but I don't see those listed anywhere on here. Yeah. And I think on the next chart, again, it's in production. I don't have it in front of me, but I think we added a new category for exactly that for accounting. And Sage is actually a pretty big player in this space. Um, great planes from Microsoft, much less so. Um, although right up here in the upper left, uh, 365 Cannabis is based on, they reskin Microsoft Dynamics and Great Planes. So all oh. they did was reskin it. And they're a big Microsoft partner and, you know, good on them. But, but you're right. We, I, I believe we have a new bucket called accounting because financial services here. Um, boy, that's you more talk, like credit cards. And yeah. Things. Yeah. And see, that's, that's where the problem is. People say they can take cards <clears throat> and they, they quote unquote can until they get caught. Mm -hmm. um, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to process transactions with what we call off the rails. And, um, you know, the, the, that form of pay, it's technically illegal in our space, but you know, nothing like a creative mind, right? Don't underestimate the creative mind. Mm -hmm. And so these people are always pivoting and coming up with new solutions, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and they're positioning for the day of federal legalization, all these financial, well, they would argue, but I think the play here with these financial services is to do a land grab right now. And then when safe banking passes and you can use the banking system, they're ready to go. 
right? They're, they're, they're ready to go that day. So they're definitely investing forward. And, and again, it's a little nefarious, you know, they, I've heard it all, you know, where the credit card company miscodes it is uh, floral, like you buy red roses and they can do that until they get caught. Right. And yeah. Master MasterCard and Visa, they're pretty smart, dude. In fact, they use a thing called AI. <laughs> yeah. So so what about uh regulations, compliance? Um for the for the states that are doing medical, is that technically HIPAA? Um I I suppose there's some of that. I never really framed it up that way. Um, I have the compliance bucket over here. And uh, metric is is one of the big ones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm sure there's some HIPAA reporting and so on. I'm not really well-versed in that. But compliance to us is all about, you know, tracking traceability uh calc tax calculations right the the revenue calculations for the state of washington that's what compliance means to us um yeah we really don't have a huge conversation about privacy um with what i'm familiar with now medical may have that but see the thing is in our space you know it's first of all it's it's not really medical right it's not mm -hmm. like they have patient records and you know you had this malady and we need to keep those records secure um it's it's not really that and uh the the other thing is um where you see over here loyalty programs on the far right just mm -hmm. beneath the center the the big thing in our space is customer loyalty programs and it kind of comes down to you know, are you willing to uh, give your phone number and email and identification to the dispensary? And after 10 visits, you get a 10% discount on your next purchase, right? A little bit like uh, a store down, you know, Safeway yeah. or Kroger. You know, you have your, you, you type in your phone number. They, you know, they love the data. And in return for your data, they're going to give you a slight discount. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not the same. It's it's not the same as seeing your oncologist or cardiologist or, or your pharmacist. It's it's just not the same. <clears throat> so sticking with the uh, the medical fr uh, frame of thought, uh, here's a here's an interesting one for you. Psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Now now we're not talking cannabis anymore. Um, have you? put any thought or any research into uh, psilocybin or, or any of that other uh, psychedelics, either for recreational or uh, medical use. Uh, and I ask, I ask because, the, you know, it's, it's starting to become a thing. And I think we can thank Joe Rogan for it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a different paradigm. So I'm not spending time there and it doesn't have the economics so that's that's part of it <clears throat> but the different paradigm is you could be uh, on the ground floor yeah yeah my sister's uh husband career uh emergency room medical doctor in seattle at the va and his specialty is uh, va mental health 
So he is well versed, and he reads journals, right? He's mm-hmm. an academic, and um, so he's pretty well versed in this area about using microdoses of psilocybin mushrooms to fight anxiety and depression, and 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 that's a thing. That's a thing. Um, now, it's not a real business opportunity because. Uh, Global Cannabis Times um, launched a psychedelics magazine, as publishers do, right? Publishers mm-hmm. always want to be in front. And so they're like, wow, this is a great opportunity. Um, what they quickly found out is there's no vendors in the psychedelic space. Like, look look at these 160 logos. These people could be buying digital and print ads. And, and, and they do. Um, here, let me see if I can get you my mat yeah here we go um can you see this the magazine i write for global cannabis times and this is a business magazine they're just featuring a well-known influencer in the space but um on the back this is a a back ad very valuable expensive for uh cannabis erp right well this this makes sense this makes sense Mm -hmm. that you got to read the magazine and you're in the business and you may be um, vertically integrated. So those are companies that are called MSOs, multi-state operators, and they, they have the grow, the manufacturing and the dispensary. Um, and some states mm-hmm. allow that. Now that's illegal in the state of Washington. We do not allow vertical integration, but you, you get the point. There's advertisers. And I was talking to the publisher about their venture and they're still moving forward it's just their expectations are managed but he said you know our biggest challenge is uh, there's really no advertisers for the psychedelic space Mm -hmm. um and and you know he's like well that's what we do (laughs) we're a publisher (laughs) we sell ads (laughs) right no that that makes perfect sense i mean why, why make a magazine if you can't monetize the thing yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all fun and giggle. You know, they're not a church, right? Where you just mm. grow and hear the sermon or go, excuse me. Well, by analogy, grow. <laughs> but uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not an academic journal. They have salesmen, they have staff, right? They got to make money. And mm-hmm. psychedelics just isn't there. It's still being defined, right? We're, we're still defining what that space looks like and who the big players are going to be. Awesome. Well, Harry, this has been uh, eye-opening for me. I, I really appreciate your insights, my man. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate you having me on. And you know, yeah. this is this is a uh, a long-term play. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do frequently uh, have that conversation because. You know, and 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 I've had it with clients. You know, the clients are like, well, you know. Do you think we can sell three or four point of sale installations this month? And I'm kind of like, you know, it just it just doesn't work that way, right? This this is going to take time <laughs> to build up your client base and tech. Now, once you do, they're 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 good clients. And uh, Steve, they do have money. I mean, I know mm-hmm. we're in a down round and all that, but at at the end of the day, um, they do have money. <laughs> That's good. We we as MSPs like money. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, Steve, if you ever want to do part two, um, I mean, I only showed you one piece of my research, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I do is logo charts and writing. And um, that's kind of, you know, where I'm the most excited right now mm -hmm. in my career. So happy to uh, collaborate with you. Come back on and we could double click into some other topics that might be interesting. Absolutely. Love that. Did I lose you? No, no. I oh, okay. Sorry. Say, no, cool. no. <laughs> um, well, hey, Harry, thanks for popping on here. Thanks to those of you that watched. And uh, I will catch you guys at the next episode. Take care, everyone. All right.